Coming up on golf today, just two days away from the start of the Chevron Championship at the club at Carlton Woods, you'll hear from the contenders, major champions, players with pedigree that you have to keep your eye on down in Texas. And two Fitzpatricks are better than one. We'll be joined by Matt and his kid brother Alex from the Zurich Classic. Which brother will come up with a game plan and is a trip to Bourbon Street in the cars? Plus a visit from the self-proclaimed team Homakawa, Max and Colin, LA natives, Dodger fans, Cal Golden Bears, and prolific PGA Tour winners. Are they the team to beat in Nolens? Who dat? It's golf today. Golf today. And it is a big week in golf as the LPGA Tour heads to Texas for the first major of 2023. The Chevron Championship moves to a new venue this year at the club at Carlton Woods, while the PGA Tour heads to the Big Easy for a special team event, the Zurich Classic of New Orleans at TPC Louisiana. This is Golf Today. Damon Hack alongside Eamon Lynch, Golf Week magazine. Big week. we got a major championship in a new city and a new venue as well a lot of new but there's also a lot of old Damon there's a lot of narratives that still move from the California desert to Houston Texas as well not least the fact that you look at Lydia Cole you look at Lexi Thompson both experiencing pretty long droughts in major championships going back to 2016 for Lydia 2014 for Lexi both at the Chevron championship they're going to look to write a new chapter here in a new city well they have to get their momentum going only six events uh, so far on the LPGA Tour, I imagine momentum has been hard to come by. We're not waiting for Nellie Corda to clear her voice. We're waiting for Lydia Ko to show the form that will ultimately land her in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, this is not a schedule that's going to set anyone up for success on the LPGA mm. Tour right now. And I guess circumstances change from year to year in terms of the cadence of the schedule. But you sense that something's got to shift by the time next year rolls around because there's it's been such a stop-start yeah. season for the LPGA Tour, particularly with a start briefly out west, then yeah. goes to Asia, then comes back to, to the West Coast again. It, it's not really setting anyone up to head into the first major championship of the year with any kind of momentum. There's a lot of golf to watch this week. That's the way we like it. Here's what you need to know. On this Tuesday, this week marks the first major of 2023 on the LPGA Tour as the Chevron Championship makes its Texas debut. Very first time after leaving Mission Hills, you can catch live first round coverage Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on Golf Channel. Some notes, $5.1 million purse, 132 players in the field. Defending champ is Jennifer Cupshow, and this was staged at Mission Hills for the past 50 years. So for more on this new era in the women's game, Amy Rogers joins us now from Texas. Hey, Amy. Hey there, Damon. Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, after more than 50 years at Mission Hills Country Club, the next chapter in the history of the Chevron Championship begins here this week in the Woodlands, Texas. We're about a 30-minute drive north of downtown Houston here this week at the championship's new home, the club at Carlton Woods. And uh, first impressions we're hearing from players are just how different this Jack Nicklaus signature course is from the championship's former home in Palm Springs. I got a chance to speak with the tournament director, Jeremy Harvey Samuel, just last week about the venue, one that we just don't know much about. And, and having not seen it in person until I got here today, now I understand what he meant when he said it just feels unspoiled. And it's such a perfect way to describe it. It feels like a hidden gem here, not only in the Houston area, but in the golf space as a whole as this venue has hosted a number of elite amateur championships, but this is the first time that it's hosting a major, let alone the LPGA Tour. And Harvey Samuel tells me that he and his team have been hard at work since last summer, working in conjunction with Chevron, as well as a new player advisory council that was set up to maintain that more than 50-year history that the, this tournament had back in Palm Springs and ensuring that that history remains intact. And that means continuing some of those beloved traditions Harvey Samuel tells me that we will be hearing a lot about former tournament host Dinah Shore as her name will be very much at the forefront of this major championship, even here in its new home. Great stuff from Amy Rogers. will be on the scene all week long down in Texas. As mentioned, six events so far on the LPGA schedule. Brooke Henderson kind of 
lifted the lid, winning the Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions, and most recently, Grace Kim. We spoke to her yesterday. The young Aussie got it done at the Lotte Championship, just her third start on the LPGA Tour. Now, let's take a look at the Rolex Women's World Golf Rankings. There she is, Lydia Ko, the world number one, just 25 years of age. She's so well accomplished already. Nelly Korda follows Jin Young Ko, Ataya Titikun, Minji Lee quite the top five, and Lexi Thompson also looking for that second major championship to add to her resume. Now, speaking of Lydia Ko, let's flash back to 2016, and she as the number one player in the world took home the title at the Chevron Championship, claiming her second major by a single shot, and with the win, Kobe became the youngest player in the history of the LPGA Tour with two major titles and the youngest two-time major winner, male or female, since young Tom Morris back in 1869. And here are Lydia's career notes since that last major. She does have seven LPGA wins, won the race to the CME Globe and Player of the Year one year ago, won the 2021 and 2022 Vare trophies for the lowest LPGA scoring average and won that silver medal Rio 2016 and the bronze in 2020 in Tokyo. So what do you think of Lydia Ko at this point in her career? Age 25, so well accomplished, but also a feeling that there's still more to do. There's a lot more to do, and particularly this point in the year, it's kind of weird. We normally see more of Lydia Ko by now, and we normally see a better Lydia Ko than we have now. And, and I know she got married at the end of last year, which has probably changed her priorities somewhat in terms of her day-to-day, week-to-week commitments on the LPGA Tour, but we've only seen her three times this year. She didn't crack the top 30 in either the HSBC event in Asia or in the LA event yep. to start the year. She was tied for sixth in Thailand. She also won an event in Saudi Arabia earlier this year as well against a fairly weak field, uh, which was mostly made up of ladies European tour players. So we, we haven't really seen very much of Lydia, certainly not the Lydia Ko who mm. won three times on the LPGA Tour last year. I do wonder, and I can't wait till we speak to, to Morgan Pressel, a major champion winner in her own right, and it's someone who was so accomplished, so young, as a teenager, great success. Lydia Ko had that in, in triplicate, in multiple. And I wonder, you know, at the age of 25, things definitely settled off the golf course, which I think will help her on the golf course. But, man, she's been around for a long time. She may be 25 in age, but in some ways with the camera poised on her. And the expectations, when we first met her, mom was driving her around all over the place, her chaperone. She got a lot of miles on the odometer, even at the age of 25. And you have to wonder, you know, how much longer will she want to do this? And the fact that she is only 25 makes it all the more remarkable that she's seven years removed from her last major victory coming here at the Chevron Championship back in 2016. And you start to wonder if this change of a venue, change of city... Mm as we move to Houston from, from Mission Hills, is a, is a positive for Lydia Ko. I mean, she did have some success there since that win in 2016. She was second two years ago yeah. as well. But she only has three top tens and ten starts out in Mission Hills. So the, the institutional knowledge really wasn't that successful year in, year out from a Lydia Ko standpoint. So maybe it's a positive for her and potentially for Alexi Thompson as well to move away from a venue where there's scar tissue and disappointments mm. as much as there is success and try to write a fresh chapter here. Yeah, I think if Lydia Ko wants that new chapter in her life as a married woman, uh, as an older woman now, relative to those teenage years, those halcyon days, I think she can write it. You talk to players, Paige McKenzie, talk to Paige about Lydia Ko's short game. It's just one of the best that we've ever seen. You know, the, the feel that she has in her fingers and hands. And I think going to a new venue where there's not a lot of course knowledge, you know, you're going to miss some greens. The wind is going to be up, as it typically is in Texas. Maybe just the talent that she has inborn and obviously through, through years and years of work will kind of show itself at long last. I was stunned reading the stat sheets and, and the, the resume and thinking it's been seven years since that last major. She's had a lot of turbulence, you know, different You think coaches. she hears the clock ticking? She has talked it's about getting out of this game by 30. Yes, I think it's a self imposed She backed post off a little bit on that, but you never quite know if she's moving the clock up or down on that one. Do you think she hears a clock ticking? I think she does, and I think it's the same with players like Kevin Garnett, you know, in, on, in the NBA, players who didn't go to college, who turned pro young. I just wonder, 
you know, gosh, Tiger, an outlier in some ways, but, you know, it's just hard, I think, on the body, on the mind, when you are a teenage legend. I mean, Lydia Ko, we, we talked about it, doing things that hadn't been done since young Tom Morris? Old Tom Morris. Pretty high bar. You know, to make I was going to say a little joke. You know, this was last done in '69, 1869, not 1969. So she's just been around for a long time. I had to do a double take when I saw that she's only 25 years of age. So to answer your question, I do think there's a, probably a self-imposed clock that she feels is ticking. I don't think she's going to be around in her 40s playing golf. Uh, like, you know, Ju Julie Inkster back in the day, raising a family, you know, out on the LPGA tour, you know, driving sometimes from spot to spot in a van. I, I don't see that as Lydia Ko's future. That's my opinion. If she's hearing the clock ticking at 25, what are we hearing, Damon? Do we have the Grim Reaper <laughs> tapping us on the shoulder at this point already? Oh, we are firmly into the back nine of our careers and lives, but it's a lot of fun. I can't wait to see what the players bring to this new venue at the club at Carlton Woods. And here's how you can watch. The Chevron Championship, Thursday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and then 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern on Golf Channel. Then you got Friday's schedule, Saturday, more golf to watch, and stream daily, by the way, on Peacock. We'll all learn about this course together. Nicholas Design, can't wait to see the players get it on. And let's move over to the PGA Tour and hope the Fitzpatrick brothers didn't celebrate too much after the RBC Heritage on Sunday. Fresh off his win, Matt is partnering his brother Alex at this week's Zurich Classic. They'll be here right after the break. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Golf Central Update, brought to you by Callaway Golf. Back on golf today on Sunday was Matt Fitzpatrick earning his second PGA Tour title, defeating Jordan Spieth with a terrific approach in the third playoff hole. Fitzpatrick became the first Englishman to win the event since Sernit Faldo did it back in 1984. And with the win, you're seeing a resume starting to kind of expand for the 28-year-old Englishman. Went to Northwestern University, a very brief time, 2022 U.S. Open champ, won the RBC Heritage, won the U.S. Amateur back in 2013, eight DP World Tour wins besides. Well, this week, the PGA Tour heads to TPC Louisiana for the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, the only official team event on the PGA Tour's regular season schedule. Coverage begins Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern. And here is the format of the Zurich Classic, 82-man teams, Four balls in rounds one and three, foursomes in rounds two and four. 33 teams and ties will make the cut after round two. And the winner receives a two-year PGA Tour membership, both players. 400 FedEx Cup points and eligibility inv invitationals like the Century Tournament of Champions and the Players' Championship. Here are some of the notable teams performing this week. The defending champions, Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley. Team Homakawa, Colin and Max, a couple of Cal Bears. Kims, Siwoo and Tom, and then the brothers, Matt Fitzpatrick and his younger kid brother, Alex. 
Well, 10 years ago at the Country Club, Matt defeated Oliver Goss of Australia 4-3 in the final of the U.S. Amateur Championship to claim the title. Fitzpatrick became the first Englishman since 1911 to hoist the Habermeyer Trophy. And Matt's kid brother, Alex, was his caddy for the week. And then last June, Matt returned to the Country Club for the U.S. Open and took home his first major championship title with a one-shot win and a big hug with baby brother Alex. Matt and Alex Fitzpatrick join us now from Zurich. Matt, you've won a major, and on Sunday, the PGA Tour event, you said you most wanted. How would you describe the opportunity to play alongside your kid brother this week? Yeah, it's, it's very exciting. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about it for a while after we got told that Alex might be able to get an invite, and, uh, yeah, it was a no-brainer in the end and really excited to, uh, you know, partner, partner with him this week. Alex, you qualified for the Valspar Championship last year for your PGA Tour debut. You played a handful of events on the Canadian Tour as well. Are you expecting a different vibe or a different sense of pressure this week? No, not all. Um, for me, this week is just about enjoying time with my brother. Um, obviously, the, the golf is, uh, is, you know, it's, we're, we're obviously both going to play our, both, uh, our own games on the course this week. But, no, mostly just, uh, just having fun out there and, um, yeah, hoping, hoping uh, to see what we can do. Alex, have you guys teamed up before in team competitions, even in club competitions at home in England? And have you had any success together? Um, no, this is, well, no. Do you want me to tell that story? Well, yeah, you could tell that story. I'll let you tell <laughs> I'll that story. I'll answer this one. <laughs> yeah, we, we, uh, we played um, foursomes as, as junior, well, yeah, I guess juniors um, a long time ago. Alex was so young that he uh, couldn't hit it over the ravine on the sixth hole at our golf club, Hallamshire. <laughs> so I had to chip it down to, like two or three tee boxes so we could get over yeah, that's probably made... the last time that we played no we made a bogey did we make bogey <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you're all grown well, up that's, now yeah, that's the only one that's the only one but now you have another chance yeah, to play together bit. alex you know i'm raising three boys by the way it's punches in the shoulder it's inside jokes it's love but also some trash talk how will your relationship with matt translate to the golf course this week yeah, you know, um, there's there's always a little bit of trash talk, but um, yeah, I don't think there'll be much on the course. I think uh, I think we'll both just be, you know, enjoying our, uh, our time together and um, just trying to have as much fun out there as we can. And uh, yeah, hopefully that some good golf comes out and uh, a, a nice nice week. Matt, you haven't played the Zurich Classic before, and you've had a pretty intense stretch. This is seven weeks out of eight for you, I believe. Was that decision to play motivated just by the chance to play with Alex? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's uh, you know all it was. Obviously, start of the year um, plan was to have two weeks off after Heritage, um, but then obviously you know this opportunity comes up and um, you don't know when you don't you don't know when you're going to get that chance again. So I definitely wanted to take it, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to the week. Alex, after meeting you at the Country Club, I've been following your career. You, you probably don't know, but you played very well in Portugal. Uh, on the DP World Tour, a couple of 65s in Bangalore a few weeks ago. You're playing well. How much is this really the perfect week for you to play alongside Matt on the PGA Tour? Yeah, you know, um, it was kind of a week I was looking forward to uh, when I found out about it. Um, my golf has been okay uh, so far this year, so I'm excited to get out there and, uh, and you know, try my best and uh, hopefully play some good golf. So, um, yeah, we you know we'll have we'll have a good time and uh, it will be nice to you know to shoot some good numbers out there. But um, we'll have to see how it goes and uh, just enjoy ourselves. Matt, there's a tremendous amount at stake this week. You know, a two-year exemption onto the PGA Tour for both winners. Entry into the Century Tournament of Champions, the Players' Championship, the, the PGA Championship. It could really turbocharge your brother's career if you guys actually win this week. Is that in the back of your mind at all? Besides the having fun. Uh, I didn't realize there was all those perks, to be honest, <laughs> <did Amen>. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that I'm thinking about. Yeah, I mean, why not? You know, why why can't we go out and, and do that? Um, you know, I feel like, obviously, 
I'd like to think I'm, I'm playing pretty well at the minute. Um, I know Alex is, is playing well, and I know his game. Um, I feel like we can definitely, you know, go out there and, and have a good result. I, I don't see why not. Um, I think um, I think for me that it's a great opportunity to, like you say, to sort of give him a, a kick start in his career. Um, so if, if I can be a big help to that, I'm, you know, I'm going to be trying my best. There's no doubt about that. So, uh, yeah, it'll be, uh, be, be a great opportunity and, and hopefully we can try and take it. Alex, it's going to be a lot of golf, golf, and more golf this week. Golf talk, questions about what's going on inside the ropes. Will you guys take a, a minute to, to go to Bourbon Street, maybe have some, some gumbo, some, some jambalaya, <laughs> taking a, a jazz show perhaps? I, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what our plan's going to be for the week, but I know uh, at some point we're going to try and, and stop for some good seafood. Um, I've heard a lot about the food at, at this place, so, um, yeah, we're going to try and try and make the most of it and, uh, and know and experience what New Orleans is, is, is like. So, um, yeah, that's the plan. Are your parents out there watching you guys, and is it more or less stressful for them when both of you are actually competing together on the same team? They are, and I would hope it's less stressful because yeah. we're on the same team. <laughs> I don't know, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dad's normally hiding somewhere. Uh, he, he's normally pretty stressed on the course, so hopefully it'll be a little easier for him this week. Matt, how do you determine who tees off on, on what holes, game plan, strategy? Is it 50-50, or does Big Brother kind of get the, the final say? Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure you know I've done I've done the analytics on it already. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I know uh, the, I know which hole I, I'm. Well, yeah, I, I know which hole he's teeing off, and I know which hole I'm teeing off. So, um, he's 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 teeing off the odds, and I'll, I'm off the evens. Um, he gets more approach shots, I get more drives. Puts are about the same, um, and he's better with his irons, and and I'm better with the driver on paper anyway. That seemed to be news to Alex, that revelation <laughs> right there. Matt, are you charting your brother's shots in the same way that you're charting your own now? No, 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 no. I mean, it is a four ball, so I might have time this week, but uh, no, no, not this week. Maybe a separate sheet for, for <laughs> alternate shot. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch you. I hope your parents have a great week as well. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the golf. Best of luck. We'll speak to you down the road. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Well, coming up next, Dame Judy, center stage. Judy Rankin will join us to break down the first women's major of the year, the Chevron Championship. Stay with us. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back on golf today. Huge week on the LPGA Tour, one of the truly great events. The Chevron Championship gets underway, and through the years at Mission Hills, winners took that leap into Poppy's Pond, rubbed shoulders with Dinah Shore, and this year, the event will make its debut in Texas at the club at Carlton Woods. 
We invite you to watch first round coverage of the season's first major on the LPGA Tour begins Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on Golf Challenge. Kicks off a fantastic major championship schedule for the women this year. Five in total after Chevron stops at Baltusrol, Pebble Beach, Evian Resort, and Walton Heath in England. And the World Golf Hall of Fame member Judy Rankin joins us now. Judy, it's great to spend some time with you. New chapter in this championship will be written this week. New city, new golf course. What are you most looking forward to? I suppose the whole thing. Um, uh, the Woodlands is pretty pretty amazing. Uh, I got here yesterday, and I'd been at the Woodlands uh, many and many a year ago when the um, PGA Tour Houston Open was here, but the Woodlands has really changed. It is um it is so widespread. It's just all over the place. You you can get lost in the woodlands, but it's absolutely gorgeous and multiple beautiful golf courses. But I will not see the Nicholas course until this afternoon. Judy, this tournament was held for its entire history, 50 years, at Mission Hills in the California desert. Do you think it, it shakes up the lists of potential favorites this week now that all of these players have lost all of that institutional knowledge they had from seeing the same course every year? I do think it's different. I, I absolutely do. I think um, it, it was it was one of the great things about um, this championship was that it was played at the same course every year. And I was I was the vice president of the LPGA um, when the course was announced in 1971. I went there for the first time with David Foster and the Colgate people to announce the tournament was coming. So, I mean, I go all the way back to then, and I've seen every change there, um, everything that happened there. And uh, so so I think not only players are so, were so uh, educated, well-educated on that golf course, but I think also fans. So it's a very interesting thing. Um, to now come to a new golf course and, you know, hopefully build um, a, a new relationship just like it was at Mission Hills. I, I The two golf courses, I don't think, could be more different. Um, you have a lot of pine trees here. There's, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's just, it's a completely different look. And uh, I think, I, I think, well, everybody starts from square one. So that's the big deal. Everybody uh, has the same chance to learn what they can learn before this starts Thursday morning. And so there's, there's, no, there's no old videos to watch. There's not anything that uh, you might have been able to do before. Well, Judy, golf in Texas usually means wind. What makes a good wind player? Hmm, what makes a good wind player? A good wind player is um, uh, somebody who doesn't... Uh, who, who can change their game, who can, who can turn their game into one that works in the wind. And sometimes a good wind player is just somebody who has that type of game, kind of a little flatter trajectory to their shots and so on. But, um, you know, if I have to say a good wind player right off the bat, I would say Brooke Henderson has won um, two or three times in enormously windy conditions. I, I know once in New Zealand, um, once in Hawaii and so on. So I, I do know she is a player who is a very good wind player. Uh, the kind of player that kind of rockets the ball up in the air and has a little trouble keeping it down, um, it can work, but it's a, it's a lot harder ask. The last two winners here, Judy, Jennifer Kupcho and Patty Tavitaniket, were both first-time winners on the LPGA Tour. What do you think is a better narrative for the tour, is it another rising star coming to the top, or would it be one of the bigger stars making a statement and grabbing another major title? You know, Eamon, that's a really good question because I'm not sure. I, uh, I I don't know what the uh, the fan base is really looking for. If if they want a battle between a couple of young stars um, on this tour, or whether they want to see a very dominant player again. Um, in that case, Jin Young Ko is back. She's she's in form again, uh, and I, it's just hard to believe she would not be one of the contenders. Um, in fact, both Ko's, uh, Lydia Ko also. It's hard to believe she would not be a contender. But there are those there are those names that are popping up, uh, and and we are looking. We have been looking for. We will continue to look for uh, the Cordes to show up. 
And uh, it would be kind of fun to see the quarters show up at the same time, have them uh, battling uh, along with a couple of others. But um, I don't know what fans are looking for. I don't know if people like the dominant player, if they, if they want to relive uh, days like Lorena Ochoa, or if they're looking um, for a real battle. Uh, either way, the LPGA could use one of those to happen right now. Stay on Lydia Ko for a moment. It, it's astonishing to think that it's been seven years since she won her last major title here at the Chevron Championship, and she's still only 25 years old. Do you have any particular theory as to why she's been so successful over the years, but we're still waiting for that next major? No, I don't really have a theory. I, uh, I, think, she, I think she's an extraordinarily gifted player. I think she went through some hard times very gracefully. Uh, she seems to have come out of that. And uh, I, I know players will tell you it's just another golf tournament. That's not true. Don't believe it. It is not just another golf tournament. But you are trying to tell yourself constantly it's just another golf tournament because what you can do is build it up so big internally uh, that you don't perform well. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of what you say is what you're trying to convince yourself of. And so it, major championships always, it, it always comes down to being really prepared and being one who can um, withstand the, the pressure that you put on yourself uh, to play in a, in a championship like this. And Lydia Ko is one of the best. She's one of the best at... Um, at being even and staying calm, all those things that you try to tell young players or uh, kids who are beginning to compete to do. She, you know, she, she's the champ when it comes to that. I don't know anyone better. Well, Judy, all these players trying to build some momentum. In calendar 2023, though, the PGA Tours had 17 events so far. The LPGA Tours had six events. What are the challenges for the players this week trying to get momentum with such a scattered schedule? It's hard. It's hard. The schedule has not worked out well for the players. Uh, I know each sponsor that has already put on a tournament this year has had a good event, and um, but they've, they've they've kind of been all over the all over the world, no doubt, and um, uh, not in great order. So it has been very hard for players, and that's another challenge. And I think it's a challenge that's probably harder on the younger players and. Uh, uh, the players with less experience than those more experienced players. And uh, I, think, I think the more experienced player looks at the schedule and tries to figure out, you know, where, where would I be best to play? What's, what's going to make me more ready when I get to Houston, to Chevron? Because, you know, regardless, like I say, of what they say, this is hugely important to every player. Judy, this tournament became a major championship 40 years ago, 1983, but it was first played 1972. You won it in 76. Other great champions won it, like Kathy Whitworth, Mickey Wright, Donna Caponi. Is there an argument to be made that those players, including you, should be retroactively credited with a major title for this tournament? Oh, I think that would be great, but I sort of let that, um, I let that train go by a while back. <laughs> Uh, I can tell you, in the 70s, it was the most important thing that happened to the LPGA and to each one of us individually as players who might have been successful there. Um, you know, we always look to the U.S. Open, and the U.S. Open stands, stands on its own. But uh, David Foster, Colgate Palmolive, Dinah Shore, they put the LPGA on the map um, in a lot of ways, we, we, we gained so much respect through that championship, and we gained um, so many more eyeballs that realized that we were playing golf and that we were talented people um, with great competition. And it, it all was surrounded around that. I, you know, I got in a cab one time in New York City, and I had golf clubs with me, and this guy says, uh, say, did you ever play in that old Dinah Shore tournament? <laughs> And um, yes, and so I shared some memories with him, but uh, there was nothing else like it um, on the LPGA Tour, and I, I think um, that has remained and grown uh, after all those years. How about this week, though, a different golf course? We did speak to Tim Huber 
director of agronomy, who said that a pond has been dredged, the, 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 the leap will continue. Any other things that you've seen so far this week in terms of pomp and circumstance in recognizing the importance of this great event? Well, all the past champions were invited by Chevron um, for a beautiful dinner last night. Um, we have been cared for like we were some sort of royalty, and uh, we are very grateful to Chevron for all of that. Uh, they have celebrated the past, um, and they're certainly celebrating the future. Uh, so that it's and it was very much pomp and circumstance. It was really really nice. So so many players, uh, past champions, have come. And we're all, it's a, it's a little bit of a reunion. We're having a, a lot of fun together. Um, but also the, the more recent champions and, of course, the uh, defender, Jennifer Cupcho, and everybody was at this dinner last night, which was uh, really lovely. And it was held at another course in the Woodlands, the Fazio course. So um, I, I don't know what Chevron could do more than they are doing to make this the most first-class event you could possibly imagine. And, and they, they are really trying to honor um, the history of what built the championship. Well, Judy, you are golf royalty. It's always an education when we speak. Enjoy the week. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you. You all have a good week, and uh, let's hope this is one of the great ones. Well, one major winner in the field this week is the 2018 AIG Women's Open Champion, Georgia Hall. Her victory at Royal Lytham and St. Anne's was her first on the LPGA Tour. She was the fourth English woman to win a major and the first since Karen Stupples in the 2004 AIG Women's Open. And when you win an RNA major, you get to do cool stuff like this. This was the celebration of champions before the 150th Open at St. Andrews last year with Jack, Tiger, Rory and Lee Trevino. And she's had some success in major championships since then. She's had three top three finishes in the AIG Women's Open. Some success in the Amundi Evian Championship as well. Her best finish at the Chevron Championship, a tie for 13th last year. And Georgia Hall is with Amy Rogers. Here alongside Georgia Hall, arguably one of the hottest players on the LPG Tour in recent months. Just one finish outside the top 10 since October. What has been behind this solid play in recent months? I think it's just a combination of a lot of hard work over the past couple of years. Um, mentally, just I feel quite strong and patient out there when I do have a bad hole and able to bounce back from a bogey or two. Um, I don't think I have much of a weak part of my game right now. Um, all's quite solid and just having a lot of fun. I love competing um, and I'm playing a, a bit more golf than I normally do. Um, I run a five of, uh, events in a row right now. So just like really enjoying being out here and obviously playing good golf helps. You've had two runner-up finishes in recent weeks as well, and as you mentioned, just playing so much lately. What do you feel like you've taken away from those experiences, what you've learned about yourself and your game that can help you here this week? I think just to know when to relax and to have rest. I think that's crucial when playing four or five in a row. Um, obviously, the first major this year, this year and um, playing in Hawaii last week, I think really helped me because it makes me feel a bit more comfortable going into a major, um, especially the first one on a new golf course here in Texas. And just really enjoying the atmosphere and the crowds that are going to come out and um, hopefully be in a similar position on Sunday. Speaking of this new golf course, what are your overall impressions of the club at Carlton Woods and, and how it compares to this championship's former home at Mission Hills? Completely opposite, for sure. Uh, very different. Um, I think the greens are much harder than uh, where we were previously in Palm Springs, so I think that's going to be the key this week is putting. Um, a little bit longer also, but uh, I think it's a very pretty golf course and we could have some weather problems or a bit of wind, especially on the Friday, Saturday, so I see. So um, I think it'll be a test. It will be a tough test indeed, but you seem certainly up to the challenge in recent months. Uh, best of luck this week. Thanks for the time. Thank you. The venue may be new, but it's the same old pressure. A major week in women's golf as the Chevron Championship moves from California to Texas. Can Lydia or Lexi end their major droughts? Can Nelly or Jin Young make a statement? Someone who can help us answer those questions is Morgan Presso. She won the Chevron Championship in 2007 and will join us to talk about what's needed to come out on top this week in Houston. And one of the most high-profile partnerships at this week's Zurich Classic will be here too. Team Homakawa, a couple of Cal Berkeley guys taking their talents to the bayou. Golf Today continues right now.
today. Exciting week in the game. We've got you covered from multiple locations. New era begins for the first major of the season in women's golf in 2023 as the Chevron Championship moves from California to Texas, from one big state to another. Meanwhile, the only official team tournament of the PGA Tour's regular season commences in New Orleans with the Zurich Classic. This is golf today, by the way. Damon Hack alongside Eamon Lynch. Had a pretty fun conversation with the brothers Fitzpatrick, Matt and Alex. What'd you take away? They, they are quite polar opposites. When they did their press conference just after they spoke to us, Matt said of his brother, you know, I'm organized, he's disorganized, he's happy, I'm miserable. So it's going to be interesting to watch those dynamics kind of pan out under the pressure of competition this week. And I'm also curious to talk coming up here with Morikawa and Max Homa as well, because that's a potential Ryder Cup partnership mm. in, in Rome later this year. And I'm just wondering if that's part of their psychology this week. Speaking of psychology, huh? Matt saying that he's the better driver than his kid brother, but that Alex is a better iron player than Matt. I mean, that's got to be, if you're a better iron player than a U.S. Open Champion, that's got to be some good fuel for the tank. Well, it was also a little bit of a flex when he reminded him of their junior days when he had to chip it down a few tee boxes so his brother could then carry it over a ravine with his next shot. Yeah, big brother always has to remind the kid brother who is in charge. Folks, here's what you need to know, by the way, on this Tuesday. Lots of fun golf to watch this week. The Chevron Championship, the first LPGA major of the season gets underway on Thursday as it moves from Palm Springs in California to the Houston suburb of the Woodlands. In October of 2021, the tournament secured a six-year sponsorship deal with Chevron that increased the purse and moved the event to Texas. And the tournament dates have also switched from the week before the Masters to two weeks after the first men's major of the season. Some notes, some things you need to know. Going into the week, designed by Jack Nicklaus, open in 2001. It's a par 72, 6,800 yards, and it hosted the 2014 Junior Amateur, won by Will Zalatoris. And for more on the week ahead, let's welcome back Amy Rogers. Amy? Hey there, Damon. Well, what do we know about the club at Carlton Woods? Not too much. This course has largely been a mystery to the players that are competing here this week in the Chevron Championship. What we do know, as you just mentioned, is this Jack Nicklaus signature course is going to play about 6,800 yards this week into a par 72. But it is quite unlike the Chevron Championship's former home at Mission Hills Country Club. The course here heavily tree-lined, water throughout, and we're expecting some very fast greens here this weekend. I'm I'm told that the rough is about two and a quarter inches in height currently and is going to be likely just left to grow throughout the rest of the week. And what Mother Nature decides to serve up could make for a very tough test here. You're seeing a little bit of Mother Nature uh, already uh, making an impact here. We've had rain off and on throughout the day. So uh, there is rain and thunderstorms in the forecast throughout the week as well. So depending on what Mother Nature serves up, this could be quite a challenging championship. I had a chance earlier today to catch up with three major champions who are out here playing the course to get their first impressions of this new venue. It's long. <laughs> uh, we had some long irons in the first few holes. Um, greens are really fast. Uh, the slopes on the greens are tough. Uh, the runoff. So I think you have to be pretty precise this week with your second shots. Yeah, so far this front nine has a little bit more to it. It's a little bit more tricky. I think you've really got to kind of where you're going to hit it into the greens. There's a lot of holes where you're not going to really play at the flag this week, and you just got to be very patient with that. How is this course different than its previous home at Mission Hills? Very, obviously. I mean, grass is very different. Setup's very different. Um, but I like it. I like it on my eye. Unfortunately, Mission Hills wasn't the kindest to me, obviously. I'm a traditionalist. I love the history of the tournament but I just could never really play well around there. I actually really love it. Um, there's a lot of tough holes, uh, a lot of water. You know, the greens are kind of funky in some areas and got a little undulation, but they're not very wide as well. So um, I think it's a very, like, they've got a lot of jelly bean greens. And so I think it's going to be really fun to play. What do you think you're going to need to do well here to score and, and have a good weekend? Uh, definitely ball striking has to, your numbers have to be really on, I think, um, depending on the wind, I think it's going to change how I go around the golf course. Um, I think it's pretty generous off the tee, um, even though there's some waters, water that kind of 
skirts the fairways. Um, I just think, you know, if your putter's hot, it's always going to be a big help. So, um, yeah, definitely a ball striker's golf boss, I think. Well, players don't need to get too cozy with the course here. I spoke with Steve Salzman, the GM here at the club today, who told me that next month in May, the club will be closing to undergo a full restoration. Now, this project was planned for the course before the championship uh, was planned to be held here, and it was postponed until after this first edition. So, again, the course will be closing in May. It'll be closed from May until November. All the greens will be resurfaced. There'll be all new bunkers. So when players come back here next year, it's going to be quite a different course and as Salzman said to me it's just going to be an opportunity to get to know a new course for the first time twice. Damon? Amy Rogers dodging the raindrops for us in Houston as this long golf course <laughs> plans to get just a little bit longer. Now sticking with the Chevron Championship let's flash back to 2007. 18 year old Morgan Pressel took home the title at the time becoming the youngest winner of an LPGA major championship leap into Poppy's Pond. What a moment for our colleague as we look back. It was her lone major championship win. Look at this resume, by the way. Also won the U.S. Women's Amateur in 2005, won the 2008 Kapalua LPGA Classic. You see all those times he represented the U.S. in the Solheim Cup, qualified for the U.S. Women's Open in 2001 at 12, played as a 13-year-old, and great to have Morgan Pressel with us on this Tuesday. Morgan, you became the youngest major champ in history, bogey-free over your final 25 holes. What do you remember the most about that long-ago week? Oh, gosh, it was such a whirlwind. It was really, um, I mean, just what a week it was for me, really propelling my career. It was my second year on tour, and I do very vividly remember going into that final round four shots back um had nothing to lose um you know all the pressure as we have seen when players are in the lead going into a final round all the pressure is always on them and you know i had a little bit of maybe even not so quiet confidence i think i was gonna say quiet confidence maybe it wasn't even that quiet and i just i, I very vividly remember three putts which if that tells you anything about the game of golf, how important putting is, I very vividly remember three putts that I made on that final round. One was a birdie putt on the 12th hole. One was a par putt on the 15th hole. And then was the birdie putt on 18. That at that time I didn't know was to win. Um, but I knew it really put me in a good position just to have a wonderful finish. And um, gosh, everything that transpired then, waiting on the range, waiting to see what happened. It, it, was, all, it was all just kind of a bit of a blur. Morgan, it wasn't just that you started four strokes back. It's who you started four strokes back of. Say, Pack and Suzanne Pedersen were leading heading into that final round. You were just 18. You'd been a proven winner on the AJGA Tour. But what were your nerves like by the time you got into that position on Sunday afternoon? I don't know that I was really that nervous, to be honest with you. Um, and I think when players really get into that zone, they, they lose that sense of nervousness in terms of a fearful nervousness and they turn into more an excited form of those same kind of emotions. Um, like I knew that putt on 15 to save par was a huge putt for me. And I wasn't necessarily as nervous as I was just excited and embracing the moment. And there's only been a few times in my career where I've gotten into that space. And I think uh, any athlete at top level would say that's what you're always looking to achieve. And I think a little bit of that, little bit of that came with youth and just a little bit of that came with how prepared I felt for that final round. You also finished third twice when the tournament was at Mission Hills. Now it's moved to the club at Carton Woods, new city, new venue. Are some of the veterans at a little bit of a disadvantage here when all of that institutional knowledge is gone and it doesn't count for anything anymore? Well, it's very different, right? It's a it's a completely different golf course, completely different type of grass, very different conditions, and, and yes, everybody starts from scratch. I think um, I think that gives some of the younger players a little bit more of a I don't want to say more of a chance, but they give them a little bit more of a level playing field. And if we look at the history so far this season, we have three first time winners already in only six events. So uh, maybe we could look for some youth this week because of that. Um, 
a little bit more of a level playing field. But then I'd say that you also have the veterans who can lean on the experience of having been in that moment time and time again. And just major pressure brings out uh, just so much more, so much more attention, uh, so much more nerves, uh, whatever it is, players wanting to peak for this week. And I think when it comes to peaking for a major, I would say that's where the veterans would have the upper hand and how to get that done. Morgan, you mentioned it, only six events so far. Does the LPGA need to do something different? How do you get momentum in a season when you only played six times compared to 17 events in 2023 on the PGA Tour? Yeah, it, it has been uh, a bit of a start and stop um, spring, I would say. And I think some of that is still a little bit lagging from COVID. Typically, we'd have a couple of events in Australia. Um, early in the season, and, and those were again canceled this year. So I'd say that there, yes, <laughs> I think yes is the answer. The LPGA, I think, is working hard to try and, and fill a little bit more of the front part of the season. You know, Tournament of Champions was four weeks before the next event. Um, and I think that's hard as a player because how can you peak for this, peak for that? And, and and you feel like you almost had a second off season. I think some of the players that did play in Tournament of Champions. So it has been challenging, and I think that's something the LPGA knows and is trying to to plan for the future to hopefully kind of gain a little bit more momentum, not just for the players, but I think for the fans as well, um, really trying to get a good run-up, especially to this first major championship. Morgan, you were a teenage star. What are the challenges for teenage stars? I'm talking Lydia Ko, Lexi Thompson, not to get burned out because they've been on the stage for so long. It's hard. I mean, I think we see that um, Lexi and Lydia, I don't know that either of them are burnt out. Um, but, you know, Lydia's made comments like she wants to retire when she's 28. And I don't know if she still wants to do that, but she has said that. And you think that, you know, they started. And I mean, I guess I was similar in that sense. You know, I turned pro when I was 17. And it it does. It takes a balance. And I think we're seeing Lydia, especially in a really good place in her life with that balance, getting married over the offseason is definitely happy both on and off the golf course. It's been fun to see quite the resurgence in her game. And I think those sorts of things are what help young players avoid burnout. It, it can be so easy to be golf, 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 all golf. You bring it home. It's all people the outside world really know you as. And I think it's important for players to have that inner circle that don't just treat you like Morgan the golfer and realize that you are more than just what your score is on any given day. Staying with Lydia and Lexi for a moment, Morgan, they both won their last major championship here at the Chevron. Lexi in, 2016, Lexi in 2014 and Lydia in 2016. Do you see any reason why they've had this major championship drought other than the fact that majors are just hard to win? Yeah, I mean, I think, what, there's only four, I guess five. There's five a year to win five opportunities. It's not that many when you think about it. It is hard. Lexi has been so close so many times, and I think uh, there are so many of us that really want to see her get over that finish line. And she has the she has the whole game, and it's just about putting it together for those five weeks one of those five weeks of the year. And I talked to her last night at the champions dinner and we talked a little bit about the golf course. And, you know, one of the first things she said to me was it's long. How does that, I think that plays pretty well into Lexi's hands and being a pretty long golf course uh, with her length and her power and especially her ball striking, um, being able to control her iron play around these very large greens where you want to really make sure you're in the right section. And Lydia, I think we have seen Lydia struggle with her game. What, most people <laughs> would die to have the seasons that she's had, but we're going to call Lydia being in a slight slump. She has really come out of that um, just incredibly well. I mean, player of the year last year, you know, their trophy, CME, her win at CME, um, being in the lead almost the entire championship was really, really impressive. And I think we're seeing that major winning form from Lydia uh, coming into this week. You mentioned earlier, Morgan, that we've had multiple first-time winners on the LPGA Tour this year. Your first LPGA Tour win was a major here at the Chevron. The last two Chevron champions in Jennifer Cupcho and Paddy Tavitanikit, also first-time winners. What's the better narrative for the LPGA Tour this week? Is it another rising star coming up, or is it someone like a Jin Young Ko or Nelly Korda or Lydia Ko or Lexi 
getting that statement victory again? I think that's a really good question. Um, I, I think the fact that we have both options is really fantastic and it could go either way. I think to build that superstar, whether it be a Nelly, whether it be a Lydia, whether it be a Jin Young Ko who becomes a household name, uh, is only going to continue to propel the LPGA forward. But could it? Could that be somebody that we don't know yet about? And that's very possible. So I think both ends of that spectrum um, can be a win-win. And I think what the tour has missed in the last. I mean, I don't even know how many years, maybe five, 10 years or so, is that truly dominant player and that person that truly becomes a household name. And I definitely believe that Nelly has the ability to do that. I think that Lydia is already on her way to being there. So maybe to really create uh, that fan engagement and that fan interest, I would say Lexi mm. is also kind of in that um, in terms of superstar beyond the world of golf. Um, so to have one of them win is really helpful, but also they all had their first win when nobody really knew who they were. And I think uh, we have to remember that as well. Well, Morgan, looking forward to your call starting Thursday. Thanks so much for the time. Have a great week in Houston. Thanks, guys. Love being with you. All right, folks. And you at home can catch the Chevron Championship starting Thursday. You see the times there, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., then 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern on Golf Channel, same times on Friday, then the weekend shifts to the afternoon on Golf Channel and NBC and streaming daily on Peacock. Well, Colin Marikawa might be wondering if partnering Max Homa makes him more or less likely to be on the receiving end of one of Max's famously funny Twitter roastings this week. They're one of the highest profile teams competing at the Zurich Classic, and they're going to join us next. on golf today the only official team tournament of the pga tours regular season gets underway thursday with the zurich classic of new orleans tpc louisiana originally an individual event with a history dating back to the 1930s this became a two-team two-man team event i should say in 2017 and here is and the highlights of the format of the zurich classic of new orleans 82 man teams they will play four balls in round one and three foursomes in rounds two and four with the top 33 teams and ties making the cut after 36 holes the winner will receive a two-year pga tour membership and winners will be rewarded with 400 fedex cup points and eligibility into invitationals like the century tournament of champions and the players championship and here are some of the notable teams this week. The defending champions right at the top there, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley, the Fitzpatrick brothers whom we heard from earlier, Matt and Alex, the Kim, Siwoo and Tom. And right there, Colin Morikawa and Max Homa, a couple of cow bears, Damon. Got that right, Eamon. Fantastic field. And Max Homa played his college golf at Cal Berkeley, UC Berkeley, part of a loaded team in the East Bay across from San Francisco. He won the 2013 Pac-12 championship with a course record 61 at LA Country Club site of this year's United States Open. Then years later, Colin Morikawa went to campus and Berkeley won five times during his college career, took home the title of the 2019 Pac-12 Conference Championship. They became great friends, both members of the victorious U.S. President's Cup team at Quail Hollow, lots of hugs, hanging out with wives Lacey and Kat as well. And the friendship continues this week. They've dubbed themselves Team Homakawa this week. Dumb in those Dodger jerseys. They will be in full force coming up on Thursday. Colin Morikawa and Max Homa join us now. Max, with several top players claiming fatigue with all these heavy designated events. I have to say I'm a bit surprised to see you and Colin in the field this week. What was the impetus to play? Uh, if you've ever watched Colin play, uh, that was my motivation uh, <laughs> to be able to be a partner of his. He looks like he's got strong legs so I can hop on his back. Uh, there will be no fatigue this week for me. Colin, and is this week more of a regular competition for you or is it a break from that kind of regular routine and you're looking for something a little more fun, a little more relaxed? 
Well, I think we're having more dinners. I mean, you're going out a little bit more, hanging out with Max, you know, throughout the week, which normally I, I wouldn't do with really many people. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, we're here to win. And, you know, it, it's, it still counts as a win. Like, and that's the thing is we're not showing up here just to have fun. Like, we're really trying to grind out here. Yesterday, we were both getting some practice in and finding our games. So we're ready by Thursday. Well, Colin, I'm curious. Max has you by about six years and went to Cal before you did, but you both grew up in L.A. How aware were you of his junior legend and his rise through the juniors and his great career at Cal? Um, yeah, well, I'm glad Max, Max is much older. That's six years. Um, let's just get that clear. He's the old vet in this group. Um, you know what, though? Part of the reason why I went to Cal was, was because of Max and what that team did in 2012 and 2013. I think you can name all these players, but Max especially. Um, you know, these were guys who, you know, came from L.A., a bunch in Southern California, went up to Northern California and uh, pretty much – had one of the best stroke play seasons uh, without, sorry, without bringing up me bad memories, um, without winning the national championship. But, you know, that's, it's impressive what he did and what they did. And I thought, you know, why not? And uh, why not? Why, why can't it be me? And um, obviously we've, we've both had some pretty good careers so far since then. Max, do you have a psych-ups strategy for the team this week? Are you going to roast any other team swings or are you going to roast Collins as part of an exercise in reverse psychology? Uh, no, I am a, I'm a good cheerleader. Uh, I've always been someone to bring people up, uh, especially when they're on my team. So I'll, I'll be telling Colin how great he is, how handsome he is, how funny he is. I started that last week, actually. <laughs> I was playing in front of him, and I was trying to give him, like, little thumbs up and high fives and kind of well, – actually, no, it actually started at Augusta. We played a practice round together, and I was complimenting <laughs> the, the heck out of him, uh, just saying how beautiful everything looked. Yeah, so we will be team positivity here. Uh, it'll, it'll be really great. Uh, you know, I really, I really enjoy Colin. We got to spend some great time together. Uh, I've known him since he was in college, so uh, I always got, got along with him. Uh, and it'll be, it'll be fun to get to play, uh, you know, 72 holes with him by my side. And, uh, yeah, like you, you asked him earlier, if it's a, it's, I mean, we're very competitive people, so we are here to, uh, get the job done, but it'll also be a nice break of getting to kind of hang out and, and have some laughs, some, some more laughs than, you know, a normal tour week, I say, I'd say. Well, Max, speaking of competitive people, I had a brief Kobe Bryant chat with Tony Finau a few weeks ago. He still gets the Instagram fee with Kobe quotes and videos how has Kobe inspired your own athletic journey yeah that's funny I just watched a video uh, on him today uh, he you know between him and Tiger Woods it was like right in the sweet spot of me growing up and uh, I think just their work ethic is is what I've taken from them uh, and, and especially Kobe like I just you know I've read his books and I've read stories about him and listened to his interviews and he's just got uh, a drive that I don't think is rivaled by anyone so I've just tried to take that uh, with me as, as best I can as, as Collins astutely mentioned I'm significantly older than him uh, and to keep up with all this young talent I just think that uh, you know my way to do that is just to to work as hard as I can and and kind of be first one in out uh, last one out type mentality and and Kobe Kobe was a guy who you know I can't it's not like I could look up to him for his, you know, basketball skills, considering I would never achieve one one millionth of that in basketball. But uh, I fig figured I could control how hard I work, and, and that was what was always so inspiring about him. Colin, both of you guys are likely to be on the Ryder Cup team in Rome later this year. Are you in any way treating this week as a laboratory for potential partnerships in Rome? Look, I mean, at the end of the day, we still have to make that team, and that's obviously, I think, a, a huge goal for the both of us. Um, but, yeah, you know, when I was trying to look at my partners and who I was possibly going to pick, um, last year, I, you know, I played with Victor Hovland, and I love him. He's a great friend, um, but I kind of wanted to go away from that. And, and Max stood out not just because of, you know, him being a U.S. guy, but simply just he's been a really good friend to me. You know, ever since I've turned pro, he's kind of reached out, lend a helping hand out here just if I needed anything, him and Lacey. Um, his wife have just been super kind to us, and that's all we could ask for, really, is, is anyone coming out, just having people out here by your side. And um, obviously, Max playing some really good golf. Yeah, it, it possibly could be a little test uh, action to see how it goes because um, we didn't really get to play, uh, or we didn't play at the President's Cup, and um, hopefully we can show, show them something this week. Colin, speaking of big events coming up this year, I'm guessing that fans have both you and Max circled as potential U.S. Open champions in your native Los Angeles. How are you handling the run-up to what could be an emotional week at L.A. North? 
Yeah, I think we've both, well, we both have won there. I mean, Max has the course record, I think, still, right? And uh, I had the Walker Cup. And, um, you know, I think people can look at it in two different ways when you have a hometown event like that, especially being a U.S. Open, being a major championship. Um, but I think both of us use that to our advantage of just where you have family, you have friends, and you just want to, you know, you just want to perform. And that's the stage we like. That's the adrenaline. That's the nerves we like. And um, being in your hometown, being in L.A., and, and that's like that's who we are. Like we went to we went to Cal, we went up north, but like we're L.A. guys. I think we need to get that clear um, for people out there that don't know. Is you know this is this is our home, and that's going to be home for me for life. And I'm always going to root you know Los Angeles hard, and uh, it, it'll be a great one no matter what happens. But I, I think you're going to put a little bit extra effort just in making sure you know you give your best foot forward that week. Max, I believe your last team outing was the seminal pro member with our mutual friend Jimmy Dunn. So I assume this week's going to be a nice relief for you to play with somebody who doesn't talk on every single shot. <laughs> it, yeah, I actually hadn't thought about that, but it, it will be uh, it'll be a break in that manner. But uh, I, I appreciated the trash Jimmy uh, would talk to both our competitors and to me <laughs> kept me motivated uh, we'll have a different strategy this week it'll be building up only uh but yeah it'll, it'll be a slightly different golf talent as well with colin versus jimmy but uh <laughs> colin doesn't get as many strokes as jimmy does so we're gonna have to combat that in some way oh no doubt about it well from tilden parks to telegraph avenue roll on you bears have a great week and best of luck <laughs> Thanks, thank guys. you